to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself Read, lead, succeed. To be a leader, you must be a reader. Motto for the literacy nonprofit, Be the Star You Are. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. Platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Cell Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be the Star You Are. Charity, a no- top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Be the Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate, be a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hi, everyone. I'm Nahal, and I'm the host for today's show, and it will be all about nonprofit management. In segment one, I will discuss nonprofits and how they benefit society and how easy it is to manage them. In segment two, our special guest, Cynthia Bryan, will talk about Be The Star You Are as a nonprofit. In segment three, you will have a new reporter, Gerpa Gill, who is my sister and will be doing her segment on pet prescription. Hi everyone, it's Nahal. And the work of a nonprofit manager is to oversee nonprofit or not-for-profit organizations. Nonprofit managers are typically in charge of financial and operational responsibilities for these organizations, and they play a large role in fundraising as well. Nonprofit organization is one that is operated with the primary objective of benefiting society as a whole. Nonprofit organizations play a growing role in all social and economic well-beings of the United States. They provide services, goods, and resources to meet the community needs. Nonprofit organizations include charities and foundations. I also have a nonprofit of my own, which is called Project Spark. And it's where I teach kids in the serious community about robotics and STEM. Although they may differ when it comes to handling profits, for-profits, which are normal businesses and nonprofits, do have some similarities. Typically, not-for-profits use the same business strategies and techniques as for-profit organizations but both organizations set goals and want to reach them, whether that may be reaching a fundraising goal or helping in the community in the best way that they can. A for-profit business participates in wide range of activities, but on the other hand, nonprofit organizations mainly focus on one goal that they have in mind, and they operate as a charity for scientific, religious, or public safety purposes. And most nonprofit organizations are considered community organizations. They can range from small local groups to larger agencies that have branches all over the country. And individuals establish community organizations to help with the causes around the community. Some causes that community organizations might help with include cleaning up the community, improving neighborhoods, and promoting recycling locally. You may be wondering who can start a nonprofit, and that can be you. It can be anyone, no matter the age. You just need to have a goal of what that nonprofit will be about, whether that's helping clean up the community, making the community safer. And nonprofits usually have the goal to making sure that whatever problem that the community is facing 
it becomes better. For example, like I've said before, I've also started a nonprofit, and I noticed that in my community that STEM and robotic classes are very low. So I started out my own for free so that it can help kids that want to pursue a career in STEM or robotics get the chance to play with robotics and play with these coding things to open up their eyes to a whole new world. And what are different types of nonprofits, you may ask? Nonprofits can be anything from charities and foundations. And some common nonprofits are for animals or poor communities. And nonprofits benefit society and create a better place, and they help resolve the common problems. A nonprofit that is common in most societies and communities is like animal shelters or for animals. And there's also nonprofits such as food drives, which can help the people in the poorer communities get the food that they need for in the winter when it may be hard. And you may be wondering how hard can it be to manage a nonprofit? For example, for my for my nonprofit, it has been a simple process. I just set up classes and I use the money that we get from fundraising to buy better kits for the kids to use. But it differs from different types of nonprofits. It matters how big that nonprofit is. If it's a bigger nonprofit, it would probably be harder for one person to just manage it, whereas they may have different types of people managing it. Maybe one person's managing the social media side and one person's managing the money and the financial stuff and another person is managing what they need for the next event. So it differs between the management of bigger corporations and smaller ones. And nonprofit management, again, it can be hard for big corporations, but can also be hard for smaller corporations. For example, if you don't have enough experience with the fundraising, it can be trouble finding ways to fundraise. And fundraising is always a hard way, hard thing to do because it can be hard to find people in the community that are willing to, you know, give money to charity without second guessing themselves. And for it, it's not just hard for bigger corporations that are nonprofits, it's also harder for smaller corporations too. And it just depends on how much experience that the person has that is managing the nonprofit. But in most cases, it is harder for bigger corporations because they have a lot more to manage. They have a branches across the world or across the United States, and they have to make sure that everything is going according to plan. And have nonprofits benefited society, you may ask? And yes, they have. They have benefited society all around the world. Many hospitals are actually nonprofit organizations in the U.S. Around 65% of the hospitals in the U.S. are nonprofit organizations. And there have also been nonprofit organizations to help animals and rescue them, which is really important in not just the US, but also in these other countries because there are many animals that are left abandoned or they're stray and they need food and water and a loving, caring home. And these nonprofits rescue them and they find them a loving, caring home. And the biggest way nonprofits have helped society is with big diseases such as polio. And now with the coronavirus, there have been nonprofits helping find the way to make the vaccine better or the booster shots better. And Nonprofits have benefited society and will continue to do so in the future. And with the future being such big in technology, and as we are progressing to more advanced technology, it will can potentially change the different types of nonprofit organizations. But with technology, there is both positive and negative effects because it can be hard to reach other people globally, but it can also be really easy to do that. And with technology advancing, it's really easy to reach people around the world about your nonprofit because you're, you can post something on a social media or you can post something on the internet about your nonprofit and that can easily gain recognition. You can expand your organization. And a lot of nonprofits now due to COVID have also started using these virtual meetings like with Zoom and stuff so they can meet with people around the world that are part of their nonprofit and they can discuss how things are going in that part in one part of the world compared to another and how they can help. And with everything virtually progressing, teams around the world can, you know, use skills from STEM and they can spark the interest in the STEM field and they can use these tools to help these nonprofits. They can work with these nonprofits. And if they do they get a degree in STEM, they can also help these nonprofits become advanced. And like for example, today I'm talking to you guys and reaching many teens around the world because Be The Star You Are 
is a nonprofit. It allows us to talk on a radio show and talk about what we feel, and it allows us to reach everyone from across the globe and create connections with people. And lastly, I would like to say this poem and thank all the nonprofits out there that are helping the world become a better place. The poem is called For a Charity Fair. Some poor man in need to bless and to feed, I bring at its worth this day of my birth. A book from my youth I must own, but who in his power gave bud and gave flower to bread can transform in one's winter storm. Each leaf that my springtime has grown. And this poem was by Bernstein Benjamin. And exactly like this poem says that this poem gives us the chance in a first world country to help people around the world in different ways, whether it may be helping them with food or you know even helping animals. And lastly, nonprofits have continued to benefit to society and they will do so in the future. That's it for this segment. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. Email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Again, at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our site for free. Get involved with Be The Star You Are charity. Buy books and t-shirts in our store. Sign up for our free newsletter and make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are. I'll be back shortly with our guest, Cynthia Bryan, founder and executive director of Be The Star You Are Literacy Charity. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying tuned to Express Yourself. Teen Radio on the Voice America Kids Network, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. Brought to you by Be The Star You Are, 501c3 Charity. It's Nahal, and I am so excited to welcome Cynthia Bryan, who is the author of New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, The Business of Show Business, and Be The Star You Are, and also 99 Gifts for Living. She's also the founder and executive director of Be The Star You Are Literacy Charity. And she's also a wife, mother, actor, success coach, and a garden designer, and a writer and author and motivational speaker. And she also is the producer and creator and writer of Express Yourself. Before you founded Be The Star You Are Charity, your career was in acting, modeling, coaching, producing, and hosting TV, radio, writing, and speaking. Why did you decide to launch a nonprofit organization? Well, first of all, I want to say hello, Nahal, and thank you so much for inviting me on Express Yourself Teen Radio. I'm very dedicated to this program, and this is um, it's a definitely a passion project for me. Uh, yes, this my career has always that my paid career, where I make my money, was in acting, modeling, coaching. Um, hosting TV, you know, writing and doing speaking engagements. And uh, what I saw, because I was, I specialized in coaching young people, I did uh, uh, teen workshops as well as tots to teens. <laughs> so I did fairy tale workshops for little kids. And then I also did older people for acting, but basically it was about teaching self-esteem. And what I was realizing is that a lot of people 
had lot were lacking in literacy skills and presentation skills and didn't these young people just didn't feel like you know they had um, any agency in the world or any voice and so when I was producing some television shows people kept saying because they were motivational, inspirational shows, people kept saying, you should have a nonprofit because it'll reach, you could reach people globally and you could inspire them and on and on. And so at one point I decided, you know, maybe that's what I need to do. So interestingly, when my students would leave my class, I would always have them um, I would always have them say, I am the greatest. They'd pound their chest and say, I am the greatest. And then when they left, I'd say, now go out in the world and be the star you are. Because I have a belief system that each of us are our own person, that we are unique, we're individuals, that we have something to offer. And so this is how Be the Star You Are was born. It, it was really from that passion to help women, families, and youth empower them and to let them know that they do have a voice and that they can be the stars they were born to be. And that's how it all began. That's wonderful. And I wanted to first start off by saying it's so awesome to have you on here. And I think it's wonderful that you started Be The Star You Are because even now in my high school classes, I do realize that when we do presentations and when we go up in class and like give a speech or talk about an essay that we wrote, it's always hard for some kids to, you know, gain that courage and talk in front of their peers because they may be embarrassed of what they wrote or they kind of have stage fright. And I think personally, this has also helped me become more out in the world and has helped me become better at public speaking because I used to have a little bit of stage fright. I would get nervous, but now for example, at my uncle's wedding, I gave a speech and I, was, I wasn't really nervous at all. I felt like I'd been doing it for my entire life and it felt like it's a daily task. And I think it's wonderful that you started to be the star you are. Oh my gosh, Nihal, that, that just, you just made my heart sing. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Because, you know, isn't it, isn't it a great thing that you now feel the confidence? And that's part of what Be The Star You Are is all about. I want you to feel the confidence to be the best version of yourself. Like I always say on Star Style, the radio show that, the lifestyle radio show that I do is be your unapologetically authentic self. And that gives you that courage to stand up in front of people and to know that, you know, there really are no mistakes in life. You just get up, you do your best. And so I'm so happy that you're doing this. And I want to applaud you for launching your own nonprofit as a teenager, because what you did is you saw a need that was out there and then you filled it. And the fact that you were offering all of this information and these extra skills to young people and to your peers, this is really applaudable. And I have to ask you one question. Doesn't it make you feel terrific that you're able to do this for others? It's a gift to others. Yeah, it makes me feel really happy because my nonprofit is about STEM and robotics. And I know now as technology advances, you know, kids want to kind of pursue a career in that. But in my community, there wasn't a lot of kind of those STEM and robotics classes as I was growing up. So I offered free classes to the kids in my community. And it's it's awesome seeing them get excited when we're building like these little robots and these little like robotic wow. spiders that walk around and their eyes just light up and it makes me really happy that I'm able to give that opportunity to them. What age, what age group is it? What age group are you teaching? The age group I'm teaching right now is from sixth grade to eighth grade. Perfect. Um, and because I know when I was in that age group, that's when I kind of started liking like technology and robotics and stuff. So that's like a perfect way to help them, you know, kind of figure that out before they go into high school. And then they can see if they want to pursue a career in STEM or robotics. 
Yes, because the, the experiences that when that we have when we're young people, they really form and shape us who we will become as adults. And it gives us the information to know where we want to put our efforts. And this is one thing that I believe that uh, charities and nonprofits volunteering for a charity is such a wonderful experience, especially for young people, because you get to try out something new to find out if it's the right fit for you, you know, and you can learn new skills. I mean, some people, as you were saying in your first section, you, know, you maybe some people want to work, you know, with animals. And I know Kerpa is going to talk about that when she comes on with her segment, Pet Prescription. And other people may want to work in a food, a food kitchen. Uh, you want to work in radio right now. I mean, it, so it's giving you the confidence to actually speak. And that is this, that's something that you're, you're going to use for your whole life. You're going to have to speak to people your whole life. Yeah, and I think it's, again, wonderful that you said to be the star you are. And another kind of question I had was, was it challenging to kind of create be the star you are? You know, for me, it was because, um, you know, I, be the star you are is a 501c3, which means that I did all the paperwork, went through all the legalities in order to do it. And in starting it, I mean, I have volunteered at all kinds of charities, but I never knew about managing a charity. I never knew how to that to start a charity is really like starting a business. And the way that I started Be The Star You Are was truly from my heart. You know, I really, like you, I wanted to give others these opportunities. And the most important thing to me in helping people was I really wanted to help the volunteers. So, so many charities, um, I mean, Be The Star You Are is helping beneficiaries as well. You know, we donate a lot of books, we do events, you know, we all of these things. But my real goal was for people who wanted to volunteer, I wanted to give them the skills that you were just talking about, learning to read, to write, to speak, to be, to be a broadcaster, you know, just, and, or to find whatever skill that they want to tap into. So what was hard is, uh, is doing all the legalities. And I don't know if you had to go through that in doing yours, but we, I, I started Be The Star You Are in 1998, but it took a full year to get the 501c3 status. So I had to hire consultants. It cost a lot of money, actually, uh, the, which I paid for by myself. And there was a big learning curve. And then, you know, I actually had this idea that if you build it, they will come. And what I meant by that is I just thought once you built this nonprofit that you would get the donations to run it. But that's not the case. <laughs> As you said in your first segment, getting donations is the most difficult, the most difficult part, I think, of, of running a nonprofit uh, because it is a business and you still you have, you know, if, in our case, you know, we had offices and computers and you have phones and you have you have lots and lots of postage and shipping and all kinds of things, you know, event fees, insurance. I mean, because you have to do it, you have to do it properly. So I found it to be challenging. But the interesting thing is now uh, is that when people say to me, you know, would you do it again? And I this is my answer. If I had known how hard it was to to get a nonprofit off the ground and keep it going and make it feasible, you know, and really make it a dynamic award-winning nonprofit that was making a big difference in the world. If I'd had a crystal ball, I'm not sure I would have taken that leap because maybe I would have just continued, um, you know, just totally teaching on, on in a for-profit way. But since I've done it, it's people like you and all the other volunteers and the people that I work with that there's just no way I would not want to do this. This is my passion now to help others. And I don't get paid a cent. I like yours. This is a completely, um, every donation that we get goes to programs to continue our programs or to, or to, to pay fees. But there are no, there's no salaries. So we don't have anybody that's paid, including myself. And 
my greatest joy is helping others become the stars they are. So now it's just something that uh, I'm just really, you know, I'm very passionate about, even though it's hours and hours every week. I mean, just producing the radio shows, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm glad I did it now. Yeah, and I, I agree that fundraising and kind of getting donations is the hardest part. It's still the hardest part for my nonprofit too. But I think it's amazing that, you know, like you said, that now you would have definitely done it again because you see how much of a different difference it's made. And like my uncle has told me, he said, it's always the hardest in like the beginning because you don't think it's going to go anywhere. You don't think it's going to really help because you're doing all the hard work, but nothing's right. really happening. Yeah, but as time goes on, you know, you realize you're making a big difference and it's really benefiting you. And I I think it's still, again, amazing that you sort of be the star you are because given, again, like me, the chance and all the other reporters, the chance to, you know, express themselves and kind of find where their weaknesses and work on it or become more confident in speaking. And kind of like you've inspired me to, you know, kind of go out in the world and start doing public speaking, which has really helped. Who kind of inspired to live your calling and why? Well, that's a great, great question. And, um, you know, I, I thank you for asking it. I really was inspired by my parents, as I think so many, um, so many people are. But my parents were farmers and they had no education at all. I'm the first one in my family to um, actually go to college and, you know, graduate from college, which was like a really big deal. And I had to pay for it myself by raising chickens and selling the eggs. <laughs> because we didn't have any money. But I think what, what was so important to me is that both my mom and dad walked their talk. If they made a commitment, they followed through. If they shook hands and said, I'm going to do something, they did it. And so I was raised that way. And that's the way I, I live my life is I decided that you know, if I make a commitment to somebody or something, I'm going to follow through and do it. And I really believe that is a key to success in both personal growth and personal satisfaction, as well as inspiring and encouraging others to walk in those footsteps as well. So I'm I'm always very grateful to that. I also I also felt that um, so much of what I am doing today is because of all the years that I spent in a club called the 4-H Club. And I, I just learned so many things there, and that is in a volunteer organization as well of both girls and boys age eight and above. And there's all kinds of projects that you can do and you can create your own projects. And we had to do a lot of speaking and animal husbandry and different things like that, but to learn to get along. And to me, that that helped me, that has helped me with everything I think I've done with Be The Star You Are. And of course now with Be The Star You Are, we have so many outreach programs besides the two radio shows that we do. You know, we'd have book reviews and we now have a free um, online writing workshop for ages 9 to 14 that's going to be uh, starting just uh, in a couple of weeks here, taught by one of our radio hosts, Ruhani, um, and it's called Writing with the Stars. And she just recently won a writing award from the New York Times, uh, which out of 11,000 submissions. So it's very exciting, I think, just to keep giving, you know, just to give back. And I'm inspired, I also am in, very inspired, and I need to say this, by you all, by the, by the young teens that I have worked with in Be The Star You Are. You inspire me every day, and you keep me going because I realize how you're growing and glowing, and I want you to be, I want you to be so successful, and I can't wait to see the adults that you will be. So that inspires me. Thank you so much. And I also wanted to say that I also used to do 4-H, although it was for a little time, but I did do 4-H for a little bit. And uh, one of the kind of competition things that we did was kind of presenting a, I think it was something to do with science or like. A demonstration. That, yeah. yeah. Demonstrations. 
right? Yeah, and yeah, it was a demonstration. I think I did it um, about like electric currency or something, and I kind of bring like this little model I had, and that also was a really fun thing to do. And it, it they make it to where you, you know, you kind of get the confidence to public speak, but in a fun way and something that you enjoy doing. And it was a lot of fun to do that. And again, I think it's, I think doing Be The Star You Are has also really helped with that. And I like how your parents kind of inspired your calling. And I think with me, with my nonprofit, although it's kind of different, but I think my parents and my family have also really helped me a lot to like, you know, gain confidence and to kind of, they always tell me that, you know, as long as you work hard, you will do good in life, no matter what happens. And I think it's that's a great way to, you know, kind of help somebody and, you know, let, have them gain that confidence. You know, and, I agree with your parents, Nahal, so much. I think that's incredible advice is to work hard. You know, you work hard, you play hard. But people who don't want to show up and don't want to put in the work, I I don't feel that they're going to be successful. And this is why with uh, Be The Star You Are, we're really selective about the volunteers that we want to participate in our programs because I personally attempt to give so much of myself to each person. <laughs> and if you don't have somebody that wants to do the work and participate and enjoy it and learn from it, then it's not... It, it doesn't feel as satisfying. Would you agree with that? So I yeah, agree I, with your parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. And my coach also says the same thing because I play golf and our season has started. And he, in the beginning of this season, he said that if you guys want to do good and you guys want to make it to the championships, you guys have to put in that work. You can't, mm -hmm. you know, be leaving practice or not show up. And I think that's, I think that's a really important thing that, you know, teachers and, leaders need to kind of tell kids because a lot of people I've kind of seen throughout high school is that they think that they'll get where they want to without doing the work, but they always need to put in that work to get where they want. And I think that's a great way to kind of teach kids. Uh, you are so wise, Nahal. You're so wise to have recognized that in others because it, it's a truism. It's a truism. So many people just want to be handed everything on a silver platter. And so I'm always very grateful for my upbringing. And I'm, up, I'm grateful that I grew up on a farm and that we really didn't have much, you know, and in worldly goods, but we had really good, um, solid, uh, personal virtues, I guess, you know, and a, a very good work ethic. So I know I'm a really hard worker. I don't start something if I can't finish it. And that's what people need to learn is you show up, you put in the work and look at athletes. If you look at top athletes, look at how hard they are working. Yes, you might have some natural abilities. Everybody has some natural abilities, but unless you do that extra work, it's not going to come and shine. I mean, even look at actors right now. You know, we have the SAG Awards coming up, the Academy Awards. We're, you know, in the middle of award season. Those actors just don't go onto a film set or onto a stage unprepared. It's, you know, months and months of, of preparation, preparation, preparation. So when people ask me, you know, how can they be successful? It's like practice, 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 right? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. And, you, don't you feel that way with golf? Practice, practice, yeah. practice? <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, like you said, like with top athletes and actors, you know, they have to always put in that work, and they have been to get where they wanted to. Um, like, for example, like LeBron James, who's plays for the Lakers, he's a, he's a really good basketball player, but he has put in that work, you know, through working out, through waking up early for practices and going to games and I think, like you said, that a lot of people that don't put in that hard work, they think things will be handed to them, but they need to work hard to kind of get where they want to. Exactly. And you know something else I just want to add for people, because I think it's so important, because our life experiences are what really make us an authority to, you know, talk about or identify what our star qualities are. But we have to learn that it's okay to make mistakes. We have to endure failures. We have to suffer rejections. But the key is, is every time you fall down, you got to get back up, learn your lesson, 
and transform that lesson into a gift because it's those gifts that are going to help you increase all your peace, your joy, your happiness and your success in life. So don't be afraid of making mistakes. There has, I don't think there's anyone who has ever existed that hasn't made a mistake, right? So embrace embrace mistakes for every mistake you make. And you could probably associate this so easily with, you know, the, the level of golf that you're at. With each mistake, you learn how to do something better. And so you're more successful the next time around. Exactly. Yeah. And my parents have said that and my coaches have said that too. They say kind of, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you do better the next time. And, you know, kind of mistakes help you become a better person because Mm -hmm. no one's perfect and everyone's going to make mistakes. But as long as you learn from those mistakes and, you know, don't make them again, that kind of shows you've grown as a person and you're doing better too. So perfectly said, well said. And, you know, with that word perfect, I actually always tell people, you know, don't strive for perfection because there is no perfection. We strive for excellence. Again, we try to be the best we can possibly be. And and we, we do everything to achieve that. But if we always strive for perfection, we're going to fall short because, you know, what is perfect? Who defines that? So I, I love that. I, you know, we can take some a way to really find out what your skills are is what are you what are you passionate about? What are you good at? If we go towards our inborn strengths and not concentrate on what we're not good at, we will be successful so many times. Young people especially, but, you know, old people too. We beat ourselves up because we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, we have to get rid of the no's and the can'ts and just say, yes, I can, yes, I will, and you will. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for being on today. And I love the talk that we have. And thank you again. Thank you so much for, you know, making Be The Star You Are and helping people like me and other teens around the world kind of, you know, gain confidence. Well, thank you so much, Nihal, for having me on the show. You are a star, and I'm so happy that you are hosting this show, and I'm so happy that you started your own nonprofit and that you are inspiring and educating others to be the stars they are. So uh, we never know what lives we touch, and I know you're touching many. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. We are all out of time for this segment. During the break, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Don't go away. I'll be right back with a brand new segment, Pet Prescription, with our newest reporter and my sister, Gerpa Gill. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. In segment three, we have my sister, Gerpa Gill. Gerpa Gill is a sixth grader at Julian Elementary School in the GATE program. She loves to spend her free time with her German shepherd, Simba. Gerpa is very compassionate about animals and her future career goal is to become a veterinarian and provide free services to rescue animals. Her love for music is expressed through the piano, which she has been playing for the last three years. And Gerpa has been a member of the Girl Scouts and was promoted to a cadet last year. She has presented great leadership and academic skills and was awarded Rotary Student of the Month for her school. She's also a two-time gold medal winner for the County Spelling Bee. Gerpa is ecstatic about becoming a reporter on Express Yourself and being able to reach out and make a difference. And her segment is called Pet Prescription. Take it away, Gerpa. 
Hi, I'm Kirpa Gill, the new reporter on Express Yourself. I'm in sixth grade from Turlock, California. I've always had a love for animals from a young age, and I've been lucky that I've been able to be around different types of animals and my grandparents, including horses, chickens, and now I have my own puppy, Simba. These days, no one realizes how animals are suffering and how much of help they are, how much need of help they are in. Everybody just thinks they can be able to survive on their own, but while we're still living in our nice houses with everything we need, we don't think about how many animals like stray dogs or cats or just any animal in general is suffering. They don't get enough food or water, and many are injured when a human discovers them. Yeah, and I 100% agree with that, that, you know, we don't generally look at animals and think, oh, maybe they're suffering or maybe they haven't had something to eat. And when we look at them, we think, oh, well, you know, they're from wolves or they've evolved and they've been out here for long enough. They should probably find food themselves. And, you know, animals that have a good home is lucky. And usually in the United States, animals usually do have good homes. And, you know, some are abandoned and some live in shelters. But in other countries, it's harder for them because a lot of people don't have the money to support the animals. So they abandon them or they leave them out in the wild to thinking that they're going to have a better life. But in reality, it's a lot harder. And like, why do animals kind of, you know, get kicked aside? Or like, why do many not have a home? I think maybe during the pandemic, many people brought home pets while they were at home. And these pets provided them love, cuddles, and companionship. However, once many people started going back into the office or school, many pets were dropped off to an animal shelter or dropped off far from the owner's homes. Many went from having to a comfortable home to fending from themselves on the street. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's that's really true. And I think it's also hard, you know, for the animals too, because all that time they had during the pandemic, you know, when we were quarantined with their owners, they're they're gone. Uh, their owners are gone to work or school, and they're kind of at home alone, kind of waiting for them to come back. And I think you know, it's not the owners' fault either. They think they're doing a good job. Maybe it's they're gonna have a better time at a shelter, or they're gonna have a better time without them because I'm not giving them a love and attention they need. But, you know, it, it's it's just that we need to kind of, you know, take care of animals and all that. And I know kind of in in our family, when we had got Simba, you know, it was towards the end of the, uh, last year during August. And it was kind of a good time to get him because, you know, when we go to school and we come back, we can play with him. But I know also during COVID, you know, dogs, when people got them, they they didn't have enough socialization and all that. So kind of how can we help, you know, these animals? Like I know there's charities and, you know, can volunteer at a pet shelter, but is there any other ways that we can help them, you know, help them feel more loved or kind of give them a more loving and caring home? I think maybe if we could, maybe we can donate money or supplies or maybe even volunteering at like Petco or any maybe like pet stores around your home. Just even the smallest act of kindness, like maybe giving a stray dog, stray cat, like food or water, will probably help them and they'll probably very much appreciate it while they still continue their journey. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great idea, you know, like such as like a small act of kindness, like giving them food or water that can really help them because obviously with food or water, you need it gives you energy and by them maybe being really thirsty and you giving them water can really help them. Which one do you think is kind of like the best way to do, you know, if people don't have the time to volunteer at a pet shelter or, you know, they don't have the means to give money or supplies, do you think that maybe the best thing that they can do if they do see a stray dog or cat is kind of give them food and water? I think if it's available, even just like if you had a water bottle next to the side of you, um, or maybe like a little bowl and you had water, you can pour some water and give it to them. I feel like they've been just eating things they find that probably aren't the best for their stomach or they may be drinking things they find that aren't really the best for them. So I think even just giving them just the littlest amount of actual food instead of like leaves or stuff or actual water that's healthy for them will really help. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to help them. It, actually, I know my best friend, they used to, when they would find a stray dog, they used to take them in and they would give them a bath, give them food and water and let them stay at their house for a couple of days. And then they would find them like a home, 
that they would make sure that the people, you know, weren't just going to abandon them or hurt them. So they'd make sure they find a stable home and they would give them to them and they help the animals. And I kind of, that kind of makes me wonder what kind of animals are in most need of help? Is it like dogs or cats or is it both or is it something different? Personally, I think more domesticated animals are in need of more help since, you know, wild animals do have their own environment, like the jungle, the desert. I really think more like dogs or cats need our attention a little bit more. I think they um, like require it a lot more. I feel like even with our dog Simba, he always just looking through the window or he's just staring at us while we're doing something like he he wants our love. But however, as humans, I think we can still avoid you know, hurting the wild animals by caring for our planet. We should most likely probably decrease our carbon footprint, avoid of getting for rid of forests and trees, like how we cut down trees yearly. Or like, I feel like now people probably, um, it's probably decreasing cutting trees is better or decreasing plastic by throwing them in their oceans or just not even recycling them. And ban hunting for wildlife or a game, like how many people hunt deer or they hunt animals just for their fur. I really think if we don't do that, we can help many, many varieties of animals from going to extinction. Yeah, and that's 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 really good. I kind of agree, you know, you know, kind of getting rid of forests and trees is kind of a main problem because we're getting rid of those animals' habitats and, you know, where they survive and like you said, kind of like our dog Simba, you know, when we come home from school, he's always make like sitting by the door to make sure that we come out and play. And I remember when he was a puppy, all he really wanted was somebody to kind of go out with him because he was he kind of missed his mom. So he wanted, you know, people to go out with him and play with him. And I think that's that's all that really dogs and cats really want is kind of some love and attention from their owners. And I think that's kind of all they really look forward to. And like you've said, you know, decreasing plastic waste, which kind of affects like ocean animals or, you know, decreasing carbon footprint and not getting rid of forests or trees or anything like that. That can be really helpful. And how do like these nonprofit organizations, how do those how are they able to help the animals? I think nonprofit organizations help animals by just sheltering them, caring them, nurturing them. And sometimes they even find them a really good home. There are many ways teens or just even young kids or adults can help a non can set a nonprofit fundraiser. Maybe like a cupcake drive by maybe like two dollars a cupcake, one dollar fifty cents for a cupcake, or like a lemonade stand. I know many kids do that during the summertime, or you know volunteering to do car washes or volunteering even just at any store or most likely the pet store. One small kindness can really help them, I think, and maybe they don't know that we're trying to help them, but I feel like along the way, it will they will really appreciate it. Yeah, and I know a lot of these nonprofit organizations, like you said, they take care of them, they give them shelter, and, you know, we can also help, like you've said before, you know, by setting up a nonprofit or kind of making donations, but I know kind of going away from nonprofits and kind of animals, I know another really big worry of owners of pets is how to make sure that we don't lose them. And usually animals don't just run away or, you know, once they realize that they're in a good home and the people they like, like them. But a lot of times with dogs is that they have a curiosity and it won't stop bothering them and they, they won't want to keep on going out until they've gone out and seen what's behind that gate or what's behind that door. And, you know, what is one way to make sure that like we don't lose our pets or, you know, if they do go off, what's the best way to find them? I think the most two common ways I know to keep our pets safe is either by chipping them or just a simple way to put a name tag. I know it's just because a couple days ago, both of my dogs had run off. We had spent hours looking for both of them. We went to the shelter and drove around for a while. Then eventually we got a call and a person had found them near her house and had tied them up. And we got the dogs back because of the name tag with the number and everything. Chips also work on someone who will scan the dog and take them to the shelter and they will notify you immediately, which is why I think both chips and name tags are the easiest ways. 
Yeah, and I, I definitely think names tags help a lot because, you know, before the chips can work, the animal shelters take them in. But like what happened with our dogs, they, the lady found them and called us through the name tags. And I think name tags are like really important, like you said. And again, like you said, getting them chipped because if they do get lost, animal shelter can track them. And I think that's really, really important. And, you know, we've kind of talked about how humans can help animals. And I know animals also do help humans. So are there any ways that animals help humans? Yes, there are actually many, many ways. They provide love and support. Many people have animals, usually cats or dogs, that support animals. They provide them with love and comfort and help them through anxiety and depression. These animals listen to them, provide them with hugs and unconditional love. Many doctors these days, not only for, they don't just see, I think animals help them a lot. And they only, um, I think many of their patients come back with information that, you know, my dog's been really helping me through. I've been through, going through a tough time. It's been, they've been really helping me. And so I can kind of relate to this because sometimes when I feel down or I get sad, I can always go to my dog for help and to make me feel comfortable again. Yeah, and I know that, like you said, the dogs, you know, help do help with anxiety and depression. And, you know, something just as little as like, you know, when your day's not going the right way, but you see your dog and, you know, they're happy and they're jumping around and, you know, they they want to play with you. I think that's a great way to, you know, kind of relieve of that kind of bad that you're having or anxiety or depression. And I just want to say, Gerpa, you did a terrific job. And I'm so glad we had time to share the airwaves as brother and sister for this important theme of nonprofits. Thank you. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio and get involved with the nonprofit you believe in. Consider volunteering with Be The Star You Are. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself